Think globally, act locally. That old adage occurred to me uh, as I was preparing this sermon. It was coined by a planner and biologist in the early 20th century. But you know, it really came into its own, and some of you may, if you're old enough, as old as me, or maybe even not quite as old as me, will remember that it came into its own as a bumper sticker in the United States in the 1970s with the rise of the environmental movement. I thought of it because of a word in our psalm today that can mean many things, the word earth. The earth has brought forth her increase May God, our own God, give us his blessing. May God give us his blessing and may all the ends of the earth stand in awe of him. The earth that yields, brings forth her increase, might really better be translated land, meaning this fertile area. Consider this paraphrase. Our land offers forth its crop. All the ends of the earth, on the other hand, means all nations and peoples. In the original, the entire global community is understood by the Hebrew people, and now by us, an even bigger and more complex global community. When I think globally these days, I sigh a lot. Our concern about the COVID-19 pandemic, which we keep hoping will become simply endemic, persists with many parts of the world still under-resourced in vaccines and treatments. We in the Western world are increasingly facing up to the prejudices and structure, structural racism which have maintained an imbalance of power and wealth at the same time that white nationalism and xenophobia are on the rise. There are wars and rumors of wars and fears of aggression and conflict. And climate change is upon us with drought throughout the western U.S., melting ice in the far north and far south, and other extreme weather events all around the world. Just a week ago, science-based prognosticators said there is a 50-50 chance that we will reach the 1.5 degrees Celsius increase in average global temperature in five years. That was the goal that we hoped not to exceed in the various international uh, conferences on uh, climate change and the environment. And to add to that, there are other ecological tipping points. A favorite one of mine is the great biodiversity loss that we're experiencing. And some of these tipping points take us in a direction th that is irreversible. Enough, enough about that. But it is against this global backdrop of interconnected crises that today we mark Rogation Sunday. In our Anglican roots, this Sunday and the three days that follow in the run-up to Ascension Day have always been a prayerful celebration of place, of locale, the earth right here under our feet. In rural old England, Rogation Tide was marked with prayers for a good harvest while beating the bounds, that is, walking the property boundaries of the parish. Even though we don't have geographical parishes in the U.S., I think we can benefit from celebrating and observing these days of prayer, both more broadly and more specifically, by revisiting what happened during those processions of old. 
Our, our most informative commentary comes from the writing of the 17th century priest and poet George Herbert. His uh, opinion of rogation practices was really not a high one. He called them quaint country customs, after all. But he does shed light on the purposes of these, uh, of these processions. We can consider what those purposes might mean for us here today. The first purpose was to seek a blessing of God for the fruits of the field, focusing on the particular fields in a particular place. What about this place? What about our agricultural heritage in Santa Rosa and around Sonoma County? I think about local food production during severe drought. If you planted tomatoes at the beginning of May, like I did, your plants have now been treated to hail storms and hot, severe winds over the last couple weeks, and we face months of no rain. Many small-scale farmers tell me it's now too dry for the practice of dry farming. Too dry for dry farming. And community-based food production here is being impacted by diminishing groundwater in places and by watering restrictions in others. Prayer is needed here for the fruits of our fields, orchard and vineyards, this local earth, while we attend to actions that, that mitigate the effects of climate change that we're experiencing, that help to reduce emissions of CO2 and equivalents and build resilience. The solar panels that we bless today are just the beginning of what we could do collectively and with God's help. The second thing George Herbert noted was that the Rogation procession was a time for settling disputes, particularly in preserving and clarifying property boundaries and rights of way. It's about land. Last week, Stephen spoke of what the parish team is learning about the story of land grabs here as they work with the Redbud Resource Group. Greater awareness of this history is critical. The question, I think, is can we balance the history of colonization and the settler appropriation of land, of earth in this place, with our present actions? Access to land is a key challenge as a part of a resilient and just uh, food system and a sound local environment. Many underrepresented farmers and, and would-be farmers Young farmers, women farmers, indigenous farmers, Latino farmers, black farmers are priced out of access to land to grow local, wholesome, and culturally appropriate food. Faithlands is a project that is working to try to free up land owned by religious groups for community gardens, urban farms, and small commercial farms working all over the U.S. It's one movement that we might support locally and learn more about here and around California. I want to add, this is in parentheses in my notes, um, that my networking through the Sonoma County Food System Alliance and the Interface Sustainable Food Collaborative has really helped me learn and meet neighbors who are involved in food and farming and environmental issues. So if you're interested, please talk with me about it at coffee hour if you'd like to know more or make a date with me for coffee some other time. I'd love to talk more about it. Um, I won't lay out any more detail right now. But thinking about the relationships I've made through my community ministry around those issues brings me to Herbert's third point. 
He saw the value in processions of walking together and neighborly accompanying one another. One of my colleagues in gleaning and food recovery talks frequently about reinvigorating the sharing ethic, how important that is in a time when uh, societally we can be so fragmented and not know our neighbors. Neighborly accompanying in procession did not simply offer an opportunity to resolve differences like those over fence lines, but it also gave people an opportunity for strengthening relationships. A modern-day agrarian poet, Wendell Berry, wrote, Neighborliness. This means that you would rather have a neighbor than to have your neighbor's farm. Na neighborliness grows when we do things together, and particularly when we do things with those we do not otherwise encounter and talk with in an ordinary day or week. Think about the times you've worked on a church or community project with those you do not know. Think about encountering those whose cultures are very different through a community garden or through assisting refugee families. Neighborliness is a spiritual practice with the emphasis on practice. The fourth point from Herbert is mercy in relieving the poor by a liberal distribution and largesse. I'm not exactly sure what the details of this were like for Herbert's time and place in that culture of ye old rural England, but I think we recognize that it isn't just sharing from our surplus, writing a check or donating things we no longer need but that it includes that building of relationships implied in neighborliness and relieving the poor also demands advocacy for change that respects the dignity of every poor and low-income person. <coughs> Excuse me. In this earth, this land, this place, as we reemerge cautiously from COVID tide and re-engage with our community, it would seem to me a good time to look with fresh eyes and hear with fresh ears the concerns of the poor here and uh, to commit to some next steps in acts of mercy and advocacy, in acts of mercy and advocacy that balance our environmental concerns and our concern for the needs of the poor. You know, I was thinking about the fact that I kind of envision this congregation making a procession, not, not as a Sunday afternoon walk together around the community, although that might be fun to do sometime, but as a procession of our hearts through prayer and thought and conversation about these, some of these things, local food, land access, building relationships and companioning the poor. And it does seem to me how we understand and engage earth and the sense of land, this place, enriches our engagement with and prayer for the concerns of all the ends of the earth. In attending to our place, as our forebears did at Rogation Tide, perhaps our concern for earth with a capital E, our global human neighbors and the whole community of life will be deepened. The earth has brought forth her increase. May God, our own God, give us his blessing. May God give us his blessing. And may all the ends of the earth stand in awe of God.